This is RebelNet Radio with your hosts, T.E. Parker and Joe Spilatro. Welcome to another edition of RebelNet Radio. This is T.E. Parker. Eight months later. Eight months and counting and running. Yeah, it looks that way, doesn't eight, it? Eight months and running. Uh, the last time we did this, it was a, it was a sad... It's probably part of the reason why it's taken. Fest. It's probably been part of the reason why it's taken eight months to do another one. Yeah, we had our tissues here, and yeah, just a, a long season, a lot of apathy, and now a nightmare followed by apathy. Yeah, the, the nightmare comes first, I think. Eight months later, here we are. Think things are actually looking kind of up. Yeah, let's keep the fingers crossed, but only time will tell. You and me, athletics have they, have they turned the corner, Joe? Um, uh, uh, I don't know, T. I don't know. Where do you want to start? Football, basketball, both look absolutely much better than they were at this time last year, for sure. So yeah. that's always a positive. Have they turned the corner? Well, that's a huge corner to turn. So maybe we started. I don't. I don't know. Well, it, we can go ahead and start with football first. And after our first game this year, we would have never guessed that uh, we would be playing this weekend for a chance at a bowl game. Um, got the arch rival on the road. Mm -hmm. Battle for the cannon. Mm -hmm. And shot to make it 6-6. Six and six. Well, regardless, it's, it's going to be improvement um, one way or another, win or lose at Reno. But, um, you know, given the way the season started, I mean, you may as well have canceled uh, the season after that loss to Howard. Um, the fan interest just... Whatever was there, any buildup that was there, completely collapsed. Well, it's going to be gone. It, it was, and it showed in the crowds, and unfortunately, um, and you know, it's it's not an especially. I, I wouldn't call it a good football team. It's it's a mediocre team at best. The schedule was very friendly. Um, some teams weren't as good as they were projected to be. UNLV came up with a big game at Fresno. Um, uh, right now, that's the biggest win of the year. It's the pretty much only loss Fresno has in conference right. all season. Uh, they will be playing Boise State mm -hmm. for the Mountain West Championship. And UNLV went in there and, and, and dominated. Um, definitely the high of the season so far. So far. If you, if you could beat Reno, um, I still don't think the Rebels will make a bowl game the way it's looking with so many eligible teams. Um, but that's okay. I mean... Of course, you want to make a bowl game. You'll pay the money. It doesn't matter what it costs you to play in that bowl game. It's an extra four weeks on the field, camaraderie to recruit, to let other people see you, to stay in the news, and to play. Even if it's a small bowl, it doesn't matter. It's going to be on TV. And it's a big, big deal to make a bowl game. I just don't think it's going to happen even if they beat Reno, and I'm not even sure that that's going to happen. Well, and that's, that's the big thing nowadays because with the – brand new early signing period in football mm -hmm. happening in December uh, where you can lock kids up that may not sign until the spring, which is the next signing period. Uh, traditionally, uh, this, is a, this is a big time to have some momentum rolling and be able to tell these kids, um, you know, that, that may get offered by bigger schools, but haven't yet. Mm -hmm. uh, come and join us. Help, help make this thing. And with, with Armani Rogers, the way he's played this year, um, and with some of the offensive talent coming back and, and surrounding him, uh, I, I think UNLV is in a position to 
potentially make some scores in the recruiting? Uh, I think so too. I mean, UNLV offensively, they're going to be dynamic next year. You get mm-hmm. you get Charles Williams coming back, and of course Lex has been. Um, I love watching Lex play every time he carries the ball. I, I'm one of these guys that I'm waiting to jump out of my seat. I mean, did you see that tightrope play he made for the long score? Yes. Um, you just wonder how he does some of the things he does. Now, um, you know, he's not going to go on to play in the NFL or anything. But for, as far as the Mountain West goes, he's a very very good running back in the Mountain West. Um, I love watching him play. He's back. Um, you got some key receivers coming back. So at the skills positions, UNLV is going to be exciting. It's, you know, w- what can they do defensively, which is an absolute nightmare. No, they and, can't and, be any worse. Well, we said that last year, too, and I don't know whether we are or aren't. It's it's difficult. It's difficult to win when you have a defense like UNLV. It's just it's pretty bad schematically, uh, talent wise, depth wise. It's just it's just not there. And it seems like UNLV just loses the battle in the trenches every single week. So the interesting thing coming up is since Sanchez has been here, every time it feels like we're about Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. break through, um, the team comes out flat. So this is, this is a really big game this week. Um, from a program standpoint of kind of learning how to win. And, uh, I think last, last Friday night at New Mexico, even though New Mexico is absolute garbage, Mm-hmm. Um, it was a big deal. It was a big it, deal. It was. It was. Uh, ma- making those plays at the end of the game and, and kind of uh, saving your season, per se. Um, especially coming off that loss at B- or against BYU. Yeah. Uh, which was a game I thought was our statement game this year. And... It should have been, and that that's what's scary about UNLV football. Whenever they do have a chance, whenever there's a golden opportunity as far as, you know, Mountain West is concerned and UNLV where they are in the grand scheme of college football, I mean, it's not like they're blown an opportunity to play in a New Year's bowl game here. Right. But when it comes down to it's, it's time to actually turn that corner, get over that hump, um, become eligible, win a big game, they they fall flat on their face. They it's it's an ugly pattern that has plagued the last couple of years at least. And um, here we are with another one against Reno. I'm so happy. I, I, and I said this. Well, I didn't say it. it had to be at least eight months ago. Um, <laughs> I like playing Reno at the end of the year. I think it's good for both schools. I think um, this is the scenario you want. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be a big game no matter what. Even if both teams are playing for nothing. But if you have both teams playing for something or one team playing for something, yeah, it means a lot. It more. It, it, it really amps it up and and it it gives Reno a little bit of an extra edge. It gives them both an extra edge. It just makes it just it just makes it it's going to make it more enjoyable, especially if we win. Um, I have my doubts. I just don't know how this team. I don't. I just don't like how they respond to potential fortune. Right. Um, it's and, scary. And, and and like you said, Reno's got two wins this year, so this is their bowl game. It usually is their bowl game every year anyway. Well, it just really is their bowl yeah, game. Yeah, it I is. Mean, this it is, is their is. last game of the year, senior day mm-hmm. up there, and uh, everything's basically on the line for UNLV, and Reno's got nothing to lose. Right. Um, it, seems, it seems like, you know, who, whoever's at home loses this series lately. It does. Uh, they, they keep flip flopping, and and home home field doesn't seem like it's as big as an issue. I just I, I'm interested to see how Armani comes out because um, he's going to have a long, good career here at UNLV. 
Um, I really like him. I, I do, too. I do, too. But last game was a, a big spot in his career. I mean, it was his first come-from-behind win in a must-win situation. Granted, um, it was a little bit lucky. I mean, it was a pass he probably shouldn't have thrown. It was a pass that probably shouldn't have been caught, and it was a play that probably should have never happened. Right. I mean, it was the narrowest of margins for error, and UNLV just happened to make the big play at the right time, something we're not used to seeing. But Armani came through as a freshman and, and with his first come-from-behind victory when the team really needed him. You know how much... Uh, confidence does that instill in his teammates that he could get the job done? Does the offensive line hold up a little bit better? You you just don't know what type of uh, impact something like that has on an entire team and for Armani himself in terms of confidence. Um, I mean, he seems like a confident player regardless, but, yeah. you know, coming up with a big game like that, I'm interested to see how he handles it. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> last week, whenever New Mexico took that lead with about a minute 15 left and uh you know i still had hope but then we came out and we ran those two uh, immediate quarterback uh, run plays uh burned our last time out and and we're sitting there in a position where we had to go about 70 yards still score a touchdown with no timeouts and um it, it really felt grim it uh, just I'm, I'm just glad that Apparently, the Lobos don't have a safety. Defense. A safety that doesn't know angles at all. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was pretty bad. Yeah. The, 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 the actual coverage was fine. The man to man coverage. I mean, he was blanketed. But the tackling but, after. Yeah. And, and, and the safety coming over with that angle and just not making a play was. Uh, it was fortune for UNLV. We, you know what? You take it, you smile because UNLV doesn't get a lot of fortune in the program. No. Um, throughout the season. We, we've had some winnable games. I mean, you could easily be already locked up and and they should about they, they should be in a bowl game. Uh, Absolutely. You, you take away that Air Force loss, which was just a disaster. Um, in the Howard game, obviously. The Howard game. It, you know, there's two wins right there. You're sitting at two two nothing. You know, you could always look at a couple pivotal games during the season. Say, ah, if we would have won this one, it would have made a big difference. But the, these. We're not could-ofs. These were absolute. Absolutely. Yeah, they were greater. Looking up the stats, you have greater than a 99%, a 99.9% chance of winning as a 40-plus point favorite. And you have greater than a 99.9% chance of winning when you have a 27-point lead in a football game. And UNLV somehow managed to find a way to lose both of those 99.9% games to make it like, one in ten or one in a hundred thousand, one in a million chance that both of those things happen in the same season, which is kind of UNLV football, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah we we should we should be sitting right now. Um, at worst, what uh, is that? Two games above five hundred. Yeah, two games above five hundred. That that would put us at seven and four right now. Right, and the Reno game takes on less meaning because you're already in a bowl game. Mm-hmm. That and, and then you win that one, you're at eight wins. Yeah. That that's a hell of a season. That you yeah, it's be. it's a. But regardless, I mean, I think um, if you take a step back and look at the big picture of UNLV, regardless of wins and losses and numbers, and you know the schedule was really easy this year. It, it turned was. out to be easy, other than Ohio State, um, and you know San Diego State, who was a clear favorite. Um, they were all winnable games. Um, anyway, but you there's still been improvement in the program. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it might not be uh, the huge jump that most people want. You know, everybody 
you know, lives for today. What have you done for me lately? But there, there's been incremental progress on still, I mean, the defense, T, something needs to happen there, you know, and special teams has just been, you know, awful to mediocre at best. But the thing is, defense and special teams, they both rely on depth. Uh, I, equality. Yes, and, and and we just don't have. I, I know that. I know that. And you know, until until the program gets built up a little bit more. Um, yeah, but I mean, they're facing a lot of. I mean, I, I think there are more obstacles in place, but they're still they're facing it with other teams in the Mountain West Conference. It's yeah, and not, they're doing well against the Mountain West Conference. We're four and three. Well, okay, well. So we're just not doing well against the Patriot League or whatever the hell Howard came from or whatever. Did yes. they even were they even in a league? Uh, uh, I believe it's the. Meat. But I'm saying that the the obstacles are, are I mean the obstacles are pretty, you know, across the board for every team we play except the Power Five conferences. So I mean that's no excuse because the, the other teams have the same challenges. Yeah, they do, and you are seeing a drop off in quality. Yes. Uh, throughout the league. And that's not to knock what UNLV's doing because uh, I'm, I'm very happy with where UNLV's at this week heading into this game. Uh, but the, the quality of football overall in the league is just so bad. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the same thing with basketball. Football and basketball, you're seeing clear separation from the power conferences from the non-power five conferences. The the chasm's getting bigger. The non-power conferences, they may be competitive with one another, but not... I mean, they may clump together, and you might be a good team in a non-power conference, but nationally, it's not what it was, say, six or seven years ago. You could be at the top of the Mountain West six or seven years ago, and you're, you're a national program like San Diego State. Right. Now, if you're at the top of the Mountain West like Reno was last year and maybe again this year. You're getting some votes. That's about it. You're getting some votes. You, you might be top 50. Yep. You know, so and that, that's just the chasm with you're, with. You're still coming in as a ten to twelve seed in the NCAA yeah. tournament, and so we're essentially back to the old Big West that the Rebels used to dominate. The difference is there's no dominant UNLV, so it's 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 dire. It's competitive yeah. because you're watching like teams go against it every week, and and you know the playing field's equal between them. But on a national stage, it's just I mean, there's such separation. Yeah, I mean, just just go back. To September and and just think about that UNLV Ohio State game and the, and the oh. difference between the two teams. It's yeah. Just night. Uh, Ohio day. State probably couldn't have named even after the scouting report one player on our team. <laughs> yes. I I certainly don't think one of our players could start for them. Well, no. maybe one or two, but maybe who? Yeah, exactly. There's going to be a long silence. I don't think so. I really but am. I mean, it, that's okay. That's not who we are, and that's no, not where no, we're, no, no. and that's not where we're ever going to be. And we're way off topic talking yeah, about yeah, that. So yeah. uh, we're, we're keeping it positive tonight. You could just be the best that you could be among your peers, and they're Correct. not. They're not our peers. So Correct. Um, now, to get to that next level of of the Mountain West, um, it'll take solid recruiting classes, mm -hmm. and you know the the stadium. Can't get here fast enough. That and I think the groundbreaking of the of the new facility uh, on campus, which mm -hmm. I think breaks in January. Correct. And they're going to start putting up the new building. I think that's that's a game changer for you and LV. It puts yep. them it puts them on par with everybody else in the league. Um, they they UNLV lacks it. Everybody else has it. So um, we saw the the effect of the Mendenhall Center. Yeah. And and what that did. 
Yeah, uh, you, to basketball you, you, now you need to have those things to compete. They're not. They're not. They're no longer luxuries. They're requirements. And UNLV is finally getting around to getting it. So that should help a little bit. I think. I do think that the stadium, the Raiders. I think that's going to pump up recruiting um, a bit. A lot of kids are going to want to play in, on that stage. Um, it just we need some fans to fill it. Right. <laughs> well, and, and one of the things that really brought attention to UNLV basketball. Uh, from a from a national standpoint, was the summer league and mm-hmm. Team USA and those types of things. Uh, so if now we have an NFL team here, uh, that'll certainly add another dimension to eyes being on the city and um, UNLV getting some attention that they. I mean, because here's the thing: you can't you can't walk a kid into Sam Boyd Stadium. No, you can't. And, you can't and, sell anything and sell that whenever. They potentially have offers at Arizona or Arizona State or whatever. Um, now, whenever you you open this new stadium and, and the weight gonna, room and, the, and the, just all the facilities, ESPN is going to want a little action of that. Right. Um, then, you know, you can sell the city and sell that the program is 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 a rising star. So. Um, there's a shot. You know, it's it's a it's a long discussion that we probably don't have time to get into here. But I mean, I I think pro sports in Las Vegas is a double edged edge sword. I mean, I I think it's it's I personally I don't like it. I hate it. Um, I I don't like becoming big city. And you know, there's nothing I could do to change it. The city keeps growing and growing and growing. But I've been here since '73. And I've seen the changes, and I liked it better when it was small and there was one team in town, and it was our team and mm-hmm. and all that. Um, but becoming a professional sports city like this, um, yeah, it does bring it adds more credibility. It it, it does, but it also dilutes from a fan standpoint. From a fan standpoint, money, yes. And not only 100%. that, but now the RJ, the Sun, whoever, the front page of the sports page was always going to be UNLV whatever. Even soccer, if there was no basketball game or football game that day, UNLV was going to be on the front page somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. Now when you start talking hockey, football, UNLV is buried on the fourth and fifth page. Yep. It's no longer occupying space. We're St. John's on- now. Yeah. That's that's what you became, and you could get swallowed up with the lack of attention. The media is going to be really diluted. I mean, UNLV will still get coverage, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, you, you see it now. I mean, the radio shows, are you hearing them before and after games? No. Before no. and after the Rebel uh, basketball games? Right. So you, no, and, and the word I've got is uh, they're having trouble finding a sponsor for that postgame show. Which is, I find extremely disappointing. Because, oh, it is. It is. It's uh, it's nice to drive home from the Thomas and Mack yeah, Center it's... after the game and listen to other fans. Sure, sure and it now is. Now it just goes straight to uh, some national program. Yeah, ESPN yeah. programming. And yeah, that's disappointing. But I mean, it's you know sponsors are going to look to spend their money where they think it's going to be most effective. Right now, they're saying UNLV basketball is not. There's not enough eyes. There's not enough ears on it right. for us to pump in the money to sponsor your program. And, you know, we've seen the crowds at the stadium so far. They've been um, really bad. How, I mean, was, how was the T-Mobile last night? You know, I don't know what they announced, T, but regardless of what they announced, it's going to be inflated. Um, it was very similar to the crowds at the Three, Thomas and Mack. 4,000 is really exaggerating what's been at the Thomas and Mack. I know people will argue that. No, I, I've seen crowds when 
Raleigh was here at the end. I've seen crowds when Gergerts was here, and we bar- we only had a few home games because of probation. I think right. we had eight or nine home games and that year. Games. And Bano's first year where the team was just awful and won 10 games. I, I've seen barren crowds. This is right on par with the most barren of them all. And it's unfortunate because the team's playing really good basketball. But, you know, the damage has been done. You know, you, lo- you, you win only 11 games, and you're not competitive in any big games. And... And the fans here, um, they're they're quick to turn. They always have been, and they're they're tough to grab. Right now, uh, what what I say with the UNLV fans that are there, that's that's UNLV's core diehard fan base that are showing up for games. Yeah, those are the people that are going to show up no matter what. Yes, um, you know, World War Three could be going on right over us, and they're still going to show up for the basketball games. But that's all we've got right now. Mm-hmm. And how do you build that? The only way to do it is winning. Unfortunately, I don't know that winning against the teams that UNLV has played so far no, is exactly the buzz. answer. It's not going to generate the buzz. And it's unfortunate because the team right now, they, to me, when I look at them, I'm still skeptical because we haven't played anybody. But they look the part. They look the size. They look the ability, the depth, the talent, the style. It, it all looks like it's there. It appears that it's there. I want to mm-hmm. see it starting tomorrow night against Utah. I want to see it against Northern Iowa. I want to see it against Illinois, Arizona, those types of schools, schools that are um, a little better equipped to handle what UNLV could throw at them and can throw more at UNLV. Uh, the sad thing tomorrow night is 9.30 oh, game. It's uh, night before Thanksgiving. Yes. There's family in town. Yes. People are away. Uh, games on ESPN2. Yep. Um, so I do not look for a home court advantage tomorrow night. No. Uh, it's just... It'll be less less tomorrow, even though it's a better opponent than it was last night. Yes. I think. Yeah. I do too. It's it's, it's it's a it's a. I think it's the latest start time ever in Las Vegas for a UNLV game. I mean, we've had nine o'clock games because of Big Mondays before. Maybe Mountain West Tourney. No, I think that starts games. at eight thirty. Uh, seven and nine. Seven and nine. Okay, so you're so, still a half hour off. But seven is this first game. Uh, nine thirty ish for that second game. So. It's going to be similar, but you'd, you'd already be there at the game at 7 o'clock. Right. You don't mind a 9.30 Mountain West tournament game. Yeah, that's different. Because you're kind of already there hanging out. And you're, you've got a vibe going in the right. an atmosphere that you no, want to absorb. No one's showing up for uh, Mississippi and and uh, Rice tomorrow night. No. That, that 7 uh, no. o'clock game. No, we'll, and we'll, we'll, whoever's there will about double it. Right. With our crowd since it starts at now th- 9.30. But it's unfortunate. Catch them on TV if you haven't had a chance to watch Rebels play yet. Uh, with it being on ESPN, everybody should be able to at least view it. Uh, yeah. the, the team is worth Tape coming it, out. Do whatever you got to do. They're, they're really worth coming out and supporting and watching. Um, they may be on to something this year um, quicker than anybody anticipated. Again, we still don't know until we actually face some real competition. But they do look the part. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and break down some of these players. Uh Basically, he pulled a, a Dave Rice in his second year, gutted the team, and and mm-hmm. started fresh. Um, but he started so far behind his first year that mm-hmm. it was kind of a necessity to, to yeah move on yeah from he a had lot of those to. players. Yeah. Um, Javon Mooring's back, uh, but besides that, it's pretty much a brand new team. Every Clyburn is another contributor that's back, and uh, but he was kind of hit and miss last year. It wasn't yeah, like but- he was. He was a starter for most a lot of the year. Yeah. And he's a starter this year, so, I mean, he counts. Um, but other than that, I think, uh, you know, Dembele's there, but he's still a... Uh, he's coming he, off the bench. Yeah, role player. We'll, we'll, we'll start with the, the big-time recruit, five-star, Brandon McCoy, down mm-hmm. low. Um, 
he's leading the team right now with 20 points per game. <clears throat> and he's definitely got the size, the length, the athletic ability uh, that you want from a big-time recruit. Uh, it looks like he could have a nice, not nice, but actually an excellent career here at UNLV for however long he stays. One year. Um, how dominant do you think he can be, and can he can he be that in just this year? Um, yeah, he can be dominant this year because we don't play anybody. Um, he's going to be able to really put up some big numbers against, like he did in these first four games. The first four teams had no real size, no real. Um, there was one, I think, Eastern Washington had a skilled big guy, but he didn't defend a little bit. No, he, but, and he stood out on the perimeter and uh, yeah, he did, he, he was force his hand. Right, he was a Euro type of guy, and he had yep. a lot of scoop shots and and some tricky plays and some smart plays like that. That he that also he, got in foul trouble, which, yeah. which really hurt him. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think McCoy could put up big numbers just because um, there's not going to be many players is his size, certainly not with his wingspan. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing him being challenged against the bigger guys. He's he's a really good player. Um, yeah, we're, we're we're just I want to see stamina. What do you what do you that, think of his stamina? I think it's a little off. Okay, I mean it kind of looks that way to me. It looks like he's still not quite there in game shape. It looks like he gets a little bit winded sometimes. In in the Team USA games that we watched, uh, that was the thing that really jumped out yeah. at me. He did a lot of walking up and down the floor yeah. whenever he got tired. I haven't seen that yet. No, but you could you could see a little that bit of much? you could see a little bit of slowing. So he's not yet there. I mean, that happens to a lot of guys. Um, in the summer, you're only allotted so much time, and you do a lot uh, give some time to conditioning. But it's not like it used to be. But in the time you do get, you want to use on other things, and you leave a lot of the conditioning up to them to do in groups and things like that. And you hope they get it done. Um, obviously, it's not going to be as effective without a coach breathing down your neck. The but, good news is there's depth there. That yeah, there's we can the, get him breaks when he. Yeah, needs there them. is. I, I I expect him um, to be dominant, but I I also expect that there's going to be some games where he's really going to be put in check and and his toughness is going to be questioned. Um, you know, it's a, the we'll see how he responds. Right now, he's had his way. Right now, he's played the bully and he's and he's playing it very well. What happens when somebody hits you back? Yeah, Anthony Bennett was very good in the. Yes. The preseason as well. And, and you know, Kaz Gambala was another player that he would dominate the living hell out of you if you allowed it. But if you you yep. stared him down and backed him down, guess what? You were, you were gonna, Kaz was going to finish the game with 11 points and six rebounds, and that's it. Kenyon Martin. Yeah, Kenyon Martin just, <laughs> you, you know, and we're talking about a great player that punked him. Right. But, but some Absolutely. players, you know, right. until they take that shot, you really don't know what they're made of. And that that's not just for McCoy. That goes for the entire team. We don't know because we haven't played anybody. So the, the next guy I'm going to get into here is the last time UNLV had a number one junior college recruit that was Sean Marion and or uh, we could even say Marcus Banks maybe okay or Kenny Die okay so i've named two that you were wrong with since you said Marion all right uh, the last time at a forward position okay <laughs> that, that UNLV had the number one junior college recruit uh was Sean Marion I take that back i think Antoine Barber was the number one juco player he never played here no Ahead of Marcus. Oh yes, he was. I he think went he to was. Kentucky. Yes, yes. Uh, I think. And, and Kenny Dye played what six games here? Yeah, well, we still got him. <laughs> yeah, and then he went back to some small school in Oklahoma. Oh no, that was the JC he went to, yeah. Connor Junior College, I think, in Oklahoma, and he busted his shoulder here. And after, 
I think against North Carolina in the Food Line Classic, yeah, wasn't it? That's what it was. Jeez. I can't that's remember where my I can't remember where my keys are in the morning. <laughs> we played South Carolina the first round. And then North Carolina the second, yeah. I believe. Anyhow. But yeah. Um so anyway, what what we knew from Sean Marion was that he was electric and and uh could could get points in buckets and, and really was played a major factor in all aspects of the game immediately for, for UNLV. Uh, so we get Shakir Justin and we don't really know what, what to expect besides that he's a bruiser and a rebounder mm-hmm. and uh, plays within himself. And he, I was worried. I uh, was too. But he is everything that he was advertised to be. Uh, very good college basketball teammate and role player guy that you need to have on these teams to be successful. This is a player that could Dave Rice could have really used uh, to go with his guys. He's very blue collar. And what I like about him best is he doesn't step out of his element. He plays his game. Um, He doesn't try to do a lot of things that he cannot do. Right. He just, what he's best at, Whatever that may be, he sticks to it and he excels at that. And I think more players need to do that instead of trying to, you know, the the regular season is no time to try to work on improving your weaknesses. Right. Okay, that's what the off season's for. Stick with what you do best and do it as well as you can, and that's where the team is going to benefit the most. And that's what's been most impressive to me so far with him. Um, he's looked. He's been all over the place. He's just um, he's he's defended well. He's he's, he's done everything. Rebounded well. yeah. outstandingly. Uh, he's he's been there for the hustle plays. Nobody has mentioned Dwayne Morgan's name. No. After game one from Houston, it's you know I know I know on our site in the off season a lot of people were concerned about Dwayne's departure. Nobody's even brought it up. No. Dwayne wouldn't. Dwayne, there's no way Dwayne would be getting any minutes. From Houston, no, he potentially the three spot over Clyburn, and that's it. Maybe, maybe no, because Clyburn plays more within himself. Mm-hmm. So it, it would have been a tough hoe here for Morgan. I think he would have found himself. Uh, Mar- Menzies hit a home run, getting Houston into the fold because he gets a a man that isn't concerned about himself, mm-hmm. uh, more concerned about the team and and getting. Getting things done. Um, he's just a dude that's going to end up being a double double guy for us all year long, and we haven't had this type of player in a very no. Long it's time. it's it's been maybe quite Lewis some time, maybe a little bit Similar? of Lewis. Mm, man, Lewis is more athletic, but Shakur more powerful. I you know I'm trying to think you got me on the spot with that and i don't know i mean i've heard per- people say on the site warren rose green but i think he's much different i think he's much think better he's offensively better. yeah um uh, y- you know i don't know i i really don't know t a much better dustin Villapeg. well much better no let's let's okay. let's, let's scratch that we'll, I mean, we'll go back to we'll go back to lewis you, you know <laughs> Lewis, yeah, kind of, sort of, I guess. Lewis started his career at UNLV as a great rebounder, guy mm-hmm. around the rim. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen many people besides him and Joel, Joel Anthony work as hard as they did while they were here at UNLV. Those yeah. were two guys that were just 
tireless workers. So that Lewis rounded his game as much as he did. He never became great offensively, but he became serviceable, especially for the college game. Yeah. Um, no. I'll, I'll never, that, that, that's cool to see. I'll never forget his uh, 22 and 22 game against Auburn. On his 22nd birthday. On his, was it really? Yeah. Wow. I didn't remember that yeah, part. I can't, I can't find my car key, so. Yeah, well. You know. It's because you got too much Rebel. <laughs> you got running Rebel fever. It takes you over. So, yeah, he's he's been impressive. He's obviously on – you're not going to tab an MVP after four games, but he'd be right up there. Although, I think it, everything goes with the point guard. But right. I'm sure. And, and that, that's where we were going to go next. Yeah. Uh, Johnson came from uh, Milwaukee. Second in the nation in assists in, in his junior year. He followed uh, assisted coach here and sat out the year. And a lot of times we've been burnt with these mm-hmm. uh, senior transfers. Or any point guard. Any point guard in general. Yeah. Um, the last real effective one was what, Oscar? Oscar and then Kevin before him. I, I, yeah, that's it. You know. I mean, uh, Anthony Marshall was serviceable, but. He was kind he of plugged in there. He wasn't point guard. And the college game, I mean, you win games by your, your it, guard it, it play. Makes, it makes, you know, it's been so long that we've had a point guard that you almost forgot what a point guard could make the game flow look like. Yeah. I mean, it's it's that simple. It's it's night and day with him just having the ball in his hands, calling out the offense, making the plays, hitting the players in the right spots, not over dribbling, hitting shots when he's open or when he needs to. He's a senior uh, plenty of experience. He, he, he just knows dribble. it. He doesn't. Well, that's a big thing. We've had a lot of over dribblers. Mm-hmm. You know, they got to pound the ball fifty times before they make their first pass. No, not 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 Jordy. He's he's a very very solid. Uh, he's undersized, but he's a solid solid point guard. He defends. Um, I like him a lot. I mean, I do too. I think I, he's he's. He, we can name all the other players on the team and how important they are to the team, but nobody's more important than the point guard. He's, he's probably the most pleasant surprise. Yeah. Um, I expected solid, I, but he's better than solid. He's good. Yeah. I, you know? I, I think he could play for a lot of teams. Yeah, he could. And uh, he doesn't make make the stupid mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he's pushing tempo when he needs to or when we want to, and, and he's setting up the offense well mm-hmm. uh, in, in the other aspects of the game. Um, I I could not be more pleased with, with the way he's playing. We'll see about his backup, um, Amari and, and Javon. I, I think Javon, when he slides over to the point guard position, yeah. is still way out of control. He is. Um, that could get us in some trouble. It could, but you uh, might see a switch by then if it does start getting us into trouble because you do have another option. Last year, you didn't have options. You sort of had to roll with what you had. And our best option at that point was Jovan at the point. Mm-hmm. You know, we have options this year. You, you, you could try out Amari there. Um, you know, and ho- hopefully what happens is, you, you know, Jordy's in great shape, doesn't get in foul trouble, doesn't get injured, and he's able to basically, and UNLV has more blowouts like they've had to where, you know, you're not working him overtime minutes. And you could buy him some rest during these you know, games against sub-250 teams and play them only 20, 22, 24 minutes, let some other guys get some experience at the point guard, and you can get them rested up for the conference and hopefully so that when you need them, you can get them for the 35. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's what you're hoping for. I mean, this is his senior year. He's he's going to want to leave it all out on the court. This is it. Right. And he's never tasted success right, before. Right, right. Uh, so I think that's a big deal, too. 
And, and something that, as I was watching that game last night, uh, really stuck out to me, and I told you this earlier, to, earlier today, uh, I think it's really, really important and exciting uh, that Javon Mooring's probably our fourth best player uh, because Javon has that knack and, and that excitement ability, uh, but he's also a little bit undisciplined and uh, can make the big turnover, but he makes the big shot too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's our clutch guy, but he's not going to be counted on to do too much. Yeah, and I think that's huge. Yeah, last year everything went through him. He was our best player. Um, he was really our primary, secondary, tertiary scorer last year for the team. So his name was called out a lot. If his name was going to be called out as much this year, it would. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I actually like him. I do. Too. I actually like him, but he cannot be your only threat on any team. And that he's a our third or fourth option or best threat. Uh, makes this team so much better. So, second on the team right now in scoring, mm. but you don't feel that way. No, it's, it's, the games. yeah, it's not, it's not like he's taking over or he's ball hogging. Yeah. He puts up a couple bad shots a half, but that's, that's part of his game. I think he has to have that freedom. Otherwise you're going to screw with his head a little bit too much. If you try, he's the type of guy, I don't think you can cage too much. He needs, you know, you need to reel him in a little bit, but not too much. No, you, you can't, you can't put you, you can't put him in a cage because he does have that ability to hit, a 35-footer with nobody in his face at a big mm-hmm. from the shark fin, right. you, you know. Um, hey, and here's the thing. I think uh, one of the reasons why you don't notice him as much is he's getting it done at the free throw line so much. The whole team and, is. And that's just probably been uh, the biggest thing that was an unknown that awesome that it's happening. And that's the fact that UNLV is just dominating teams in free throw attempts. They are. The uh, percentage, not so much. We need we need to get better free throw shooters to the line or get better with free throws. Um, New Me- we talked about this earlier. New Mexico, for a number of years under Alford, they led the league by a large margin in free throw attempts. And it kept them in every game. Yep. It sealed games for them because they could hit them. And, it, it, yeah, it's not the most exciting thing. But it wins if you could hit your free throws. I mean, how, how many? How, if you can draw fouls, you can win on the road. Uh, absolutely, that that's how you win on the road. That's how you silent a crowd. Yep. Crowd gets up and starts cheering, going crazy. You draw a foul and you go to the free throw lane. Well, that that's a minute and a half where, you know, they're catching their breath or they let their guard down a little bit, and you, mm. you just you just stem tides by getting to the free throw line. You get the other team in a free throw or into uh, foul trouble. It's a tremendous asset to have, and UNLV. It's one that UNLV hasn't really ever had that I could recall not no, to this degree so far no be, because we've even though we've had a lot of talented players over the last 10 years or so uh, we've been a jump shooting team yeah it's been a lot of one-on-one take yeah. it and and a lot of times out of control and and refs tend not to bail you out as much as um, you know you, you hope when it's your team mm-hmm. this team they're more they do take it aggressively to the whole but it, it's it, it's more in, in control right um, it's Which, not these crazy flailing out of control off balance plays. It's, you know, going directly at you through your teeth, trying to get to the hoop and that that'll get you to the line. Um, yep. and then the size that we have, yeah, that helps uh, can get you to the line too. Yeah. And we're killing people on the boards right now with size and yeah. So yeah, that, that's been great. I, I expect that to diminish a little bit as you play better teams that box out a little bit better, like a Utah, mm-hmm. Um, teams that are more fundamentally sound and have a little bit more size. Um, and we know in the Mountain West Conference, pretty much every team slows it down. 
Yeah. Um, for the most part, there's UNR. a couple. There's a couple that'll speed it up. UNR. Um, we'll uh, push tempo on you. And it's kind of looking like San, San Diego State, State looks like they're going to push. Yeah, tempo. it looks like they're going to tempt that. But in general, I mean, when you start playing Colorado State and Wyoming and and Air Force, it's not like they want you to take your time scoring. They're going to slow you down and grind it. And so that that's a totally different look. We're scoring a lot of points right now. Again, we're we're playing dog crap teams. So. Um, uh, what's going to happen when a team that scouts you in league wants to slow it down? How do we respond? Going to be, I, I think we'll do okay because we have a point guard. Mm-hmm. That's why I think we'll be okay. Without a, without an adequate point guard, it's always problematic. I tell you, it, it's such a big deal having these two senior guards uh, with all the talent around them um, because they both seem like such competitive players. Uh, they're going to do what it takes to win. And uh, that's that's going to treat us really well as the season uh, goes on in terms of going into these games and going into tough atmospheres. If we, if we have dog guys that just want to get after it yeah. and are competitive we'll, and aren't giving a crap about their stats, we'll be okay. We'll be just fine Yeah, uh, because the talent's there and it, uh, makes a world of difference from the coach's standpoint. Marvin looks like a much better coach this year, doesn't he? You know, it's it. I think so much is pinned on X's and O's and things like that. When it's a lot of it, I think most team success comes down to team chemistry, which is pretty much based upon buying in. Mm-hmm. Do you care more about yourself, or do you care more about the team? Um, if you if you get the latter. I think if you have the talent to match, you're going to have success. I think I, I really think it's that simple. I mean, the whole thing is complex, what goes into winning. But, I mean, those are the basics. If, if t- people buy in and you have enough talent, you're, you're going to have success. It's, it's that simple. It's, it's about being unselfish, buying into whatever the coach is trying to build or sell or, right. or create. You, there can't be these petty squabbles and all this bull crap that ish, you've been around long enough. You see it. Yes. It's terrible. Yeah, almost every year. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Uh, we we come on the show, and we say, "Well, it was the chemistry that really did." And, and if we had better chemistry, we probably could have. Won. Yeah, you got. You, and chemistry always starts great at the beginning of the year. It always does. It always does. It. Um, you, you know, if too many scouts are showing up and people are more worried about draft status and and things of that, it hurts. It and it more than hurts. It it could just. The, and the only you. guy you you worry about right now is McCoy, right? I'm not even worried because I'm watching the way he's playing. Um, granted, no scouts are going to come out to watch him play against Alaska Anchorage or whatever the hell because the competition's not there. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't. He hasn't stepped out of um, into a character that I'd call selfish in any aspect no. that I've seen him play. He hasn't done anything out of the ordinary or tried to do too much. And he hasn't grimaced when he hasn't gotten the ball. No, I haven't. I, and I'm watching for that kind yeah, of stuff because, because I think I think it's telling. I haven't seen any of that. Again, let's see what happens when when David it, Collette tomorrow night is body in a month. Yeah, when 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 we go up against Arizona, if he's not getting any touches in in the post, um, let let's see if the jog up the floor is a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are all. Does he start launching some outside shots? Right, just, just because he's not touches. getting touches. So th- those are things you watch for. They're they're not saying they're going to happen. It's they're just things you're naturally curious about when you watch the game a lot. And you know how things are going to develop and unfold over the course of a season. Because right now, guess what? We just don't know. We know that we 
We're 4-0 against bad competition, but we played about as well as we possibly could against that competition. Yeah. And um, we looked good doing it, and we looked apart, and it looks like we have the depth. But well, To me, <clears throat> biggest concern right now is the bench. Uh, it's a little bit erratic, I mean, but there's a lot of young kids there. I mean, there is, and yeah, young, young kids. and and Hardy and um, back. Young's gonna play hard. We know that. Um, we'll see about Hardy. He, time will tell. Yeah, Beck Beck's looked good. Beck's looked way better than I thought. He was yeah, much look. much better than I thought. A little sluggish up and down the floor. Yeah, he's he's got a whole lot of Kevin. Sim- That's what I said. He reminds me of Kevin Simmons right now. In a good way, though. I mean, yeah. and in a bad way, and in the sluggish way. But he's he's sort of got that. He's got a knack. You could see he has a knack, and he has a bigger body. Um, most freshmen don't have bodies quite that thick. Right. I'm not saying fat. I'm saying he's a big boy. No, he's, he's, he's just, just a big, big boy. Yeah. Um, heavy boned. You know, he's 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 mm-hmm. got. He's just solid. So, um, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess the bench is a little bit of of a question, in a way. I'm, I'm not. I just uh that's what these games are for though. It is. These Anthony Smith is look he's erratic, he, but uh, erratic, he gambles a lot, but he's long and athletic and he gets to a lot of them, but mm-hmm. what happens when those passes are zipped a little bit better or the receiver on the pass takes a better angle and right. you, you know those types of things. Um right now it's kind of like um with the teams we played it's a little bit pickup ballish for for a lot of our players yeah. our more athletic guys. And uh so we'll we'll see. I, I think they all have value, and, and I, the, everybody's looked good for stretches. You know. Yeah, and here <laughs> I'll be flat honest. It feels really good to sit here and and say some positive things about uh, the UNLV athletic department that we haven't we haven't said many positive things in a while, right? You know, it's it's one of those deals where. We knew if we hung around long enough, (laughs) something could happen. Uh, The fact that both basketball and football, basketball started so well and and football has a chance to uh, climax the season Mm -hmm. in a way that we haven't seen for a while uh, and actually lend some credence to the Sanchez hire Mm -hmm. uh, that people are still a little bit on the fence about. but if he gets if he gets this team to that six and six mark and and uh, easily could have been eight and four, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can't ask for a whole lot more than that. Well, UNLV is playing uh, for an important game after Thanksgiving. That's happened probably three times since two thousand. So I'm thankful for that. Hey. I, get, I get to watch a game instead of just sitting on the couch watching. The the clock tick off, just waiting for the season to merciless, mercilessly end, uh-huh. mercifully, mercifully, and yeah, and uh, instead I'm going to be watching, you know, hopeful. I'm a little bit pessimistic, but still, there's hope. There's reason to watch. That's that's all we could ask for at this point, right? Yep. And you know, Rogers gets to basically cement himself as. A UNLV starter and moving forward, someone to build the program around. Absolutely. If he can pull off this win this weekend, um, program looks like it's in good shape. Yeah, it and does. It's it, And that, that's exciting. You just it, throw the ball a little softer at times. Yeah, yeah. I touch, um, <laughs> progressions, 
you know, uh, I love when he runs the ball, but he's also got to be a little bit smarter when he runs the ball. He, yes, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good runner, but um, he's not Earl Campbell. And we can't afford him to act like Earl Campbell. You don't need to deliver blows. You, you could hit the ground, kid. You could go out of bounds. We, yeah. we need you. And uh, he's not quite the size of Cam Newton. Right. He can just run over people. Right. He, when he gets hit hard, he's usually getting the... Uh... Yeah, that he's only had one concussion this season is kind of surprising, to tell you the truth. Um, it's it's th- Those are all things, though... Um, you know, he's got a year, he'll have a year under his belt. Those are all things that could be easily coached, though. Yeah, the sliding aspect when when guys well, like to he's run. not Michael Vick. He's not gonna. He it's not like he doesn't know how to slide. Well, we'll see. I hope. We'll see. I can't we'll imagine see. an athlete that doesn't know how to slide. Hey, and Michael Vick was actually drafted in the baseball draft without yeah. knowing how to slide. So. Without knowing how to slide, was that's it? not bad. He was also. I heard he was hired at some dog fighting clinic. You know, he 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 was the, he was. The, was that what it was? Yeah. Hired? Yeah, he was hired. He was making odds on all the dogs. CEO, yeah, <laughs> that dirty, uh, dirty, dirty guy that you idolized and had a fat head of him hanging on your wall. That's uh, embarrassing. Well, I'm a big Falcons fan. What do you do? Yeah, well, I'm a big dog I fan. Like I wouldn't have his <laughs> his fat head on my wall. All right, we're gonna, we're gonna that in Penn that State. Topic. You got to be kidding me! Wow. Um, so here's here's the good news. The yeah. next time we talk. Um, in eight months from now? No, it would certainly will not be. I, I think uh, the Tuesday after the Arizona game. Yeah, I think that's a, be good, a good time, time. because we'll have I th- three, maybe four. Well, I don't know when we play Illinois, and I and I still don't know where Illinois is at. I mean, I saw that it's they at lost. the uh, MGM. I know, but I mean, I'm saying where they're at as a team. I mean, I know they oh. lost. I know Jay Spoonauer beat them in an exhibition pretty handily, Eastern Illinois. Beat Illinois. Match. I think they're four and zero right now, but I think they've done what we've done. They played nobody. Beating up some bad teams. They beaten up some bad teams, and one of the bad teams was at home, and they survived a three pointer at the buzzer. And I was watching it, and and I, I put it this way: when I was watching it, I can't remember who the opponent was. I was like, man, not too worried about Illinois. And this was after UNLV played their first or second game. So um, that's that's one thing but, I've really enjoyed is the fact that we haven't sweated once at the. Yeah, it's it's nice in, it's in a way. Easy. The, what I miss though, um, it, it has been easy. I, I'm not one of these that that likes buzzer beaters and then half a heart attack and you got to go to the hospital just to get your blood pressure checked or anything like that. I'm too old. For but that, I like for that kind of games too. But I do like and and I'm a, you know when I walk down the stadium while, while you're going down the steps, you want to feel the hair on the back of your neck stand up. Mm-hmm. Just not necessarily from the gameplay, but from the energy of the crowd, from the buzz in the air, and that is at an all-time low. It's just, you just don't feel it. When the team starts playing, there's some excitement because they're playing good basketball, but I like I just like that feeling going down those stairs and just feeling it coursing through my veins, you know, yeah. like, like you do with the Mountain West tournament because especially that second day when, you know, there's four games and they're all going to be, you know, it's, yeah. it's exciting just to sit there and watch all the games. Um, I like that vibe and it's not there. And, and I don't know that it's going to be there this year. I just, I, the schedule's not tough enough. I mean, if, if we go undefeated until we play Arizona, um, yeah, you'll get a crowd there. You're not going to sell out. And, and remember what uh, Marvin did at New Mexico State. He won a lot of games. And still need to win the WAC championship every year to and, make the tournament. But that's kind of what the Mountain West is turning into, though. It is. And 
I don't know that it's going to have an uptick. It keeps getting a little bit worse, or this year might be similar to last year. I don't know how much worse it'll get. Probably not too much worse, but it's. I don't know that it's going to become a two-bid league again anytime soon I, or ever again. I really don't know. Tennessee Tech uh, won by 10 points tonight. They beat New Mexico by 10? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Yep. At New Mexico? No, it was at a tournament. Oh, it was at a tournament? It was at a tournament. And they got smoked by Tennessee the Aggies, Tech. too? Yep. Oh, boy. Yeah. So. I guess Wise Pies Arenas. <laughs> or wait, no, they changed the name, didn't they? Yeah, what they I don't know. It to? Who knows? Paul Krebs I crib? I don't know. Paul Krebs crib? Yeah. It's not bad. It's catchy. I I don't know. I don't know. They're, they're going to have a tough year. They're, they're going to be, I think, somewhat similar to us last year. San Diego State got blasted at Arizona State. Yeah, they've um, since recovered and won a couple of games by a, a ton. Against Reno's looked pretty good. They won the night handily against the, the quality what the, Davidson game. What they win them by? I, I didn't see the final, but uh, they were up by 15 or so with a couple minutes left. Yeah. Um, extremely long. Extremely long team. I don't know that they. I, I was already thinking about that game. I swear, I think we're going to see two zones, two teams playing zone. Yeah, two teams that. Could both go into that game averaging about 75, 80 points. And two teams that probably want to run. Right. But they're going to say, you can't shoot, so we're going to play zone. Right. And, and that's the thing. That's one thing about the Rebels that has been surprising so far is they have hit the outside shot, and they've been, for the most part, taking good open shots. A you few, shoot a few. quality shots, you're going to probably make some. Well, no, I think... When you're forcing them, it's bad. Yeah, I know, but even... I know there's question marks surrounding the team with their outside shooting ability, period, whether they're open or not. Um, well, and there should it's, be. It's, it's looked good so far. It's looked really good so far. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, I don't know. I think Johnson's shooting 50% from three. He hasn't taken a lot, something like seven of 14. They've been good looks, wide open, nice stroke. It doesn't, certainly doesn't look like he's a career 32% or 33% three point shooter. Clyburn takes good threes out of that corner. Yeah. Um, Anthony Smith has knocked down some long threes. Javon, you know what he's going to give you. Yeah, yeah. He's going to give you a, a bunch of threes, um, some wild, some in the flow. So that's something to keep an eye on, um, you know, the outside shooting. We, we haven't faced a long team or, or a quick team yet, somebody that could get out and actually challenge shots. Three-point shooting and the bench are the two biggest concerns I have with this yeah, team. Yeah, I think so, too. Can, can, we, can we hit outside shots, and when, when we have to go to the bench – uh, can those players come in and, and keep the same standards that the starters have set? Yeah, because if you look at the stats right now, they're gaudy. UNLV is in yeah. the top 40 of just about every good stat possible. That's drastically going to change. Um, tempo is going to slow. Possessions are going to become less, le- uh, less, and number of shots is going to decrease. Points are going to go down. Every, everything's going to drop down to earth a little bit more. It's just not too far, hopefully. Well, we still got Mississippi Valley State. Yeah, and there's a couple other doozies on there, isn't there? Mm. We still get Southern Utah at Pacific. Pacific won at Air Force tonight. Well, that'll tell you something about Air Force because Pacific lost at home to UC Davis. Davis is is climbing this year. Yeah, they're climbing. They're picked to finish fifth in the Big West. Climbing that first round. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna butt heads with Cal State Northridge. Quality coach over there at Northridge. Hey, he's still got a job, doesn't he? Yeah. Apparently, all you need to do is just get 
a couple violations. <laughs> Not more than a couple. Just kidding. No, come on. So we'll talk uh, that Tuesday after after Arizona, and uh, I think we'll have a, a better grasp of what this team uh, is capable of doing. Um, Give a prediction for tomorrow night. We'll play Utah at 930. I'll probably be sleeping by then. Um, I think Utah will try and slow the game down on us a little bit. I do too. And um, I am going to say UNLV keeps the winning streak going, moves to 5-0, and and they win this one um, 77 to 71. That's not bad. I'm, I'm going to stick. I think it's going to be a, a very close game. I'm going to say, I'm going to say UNLV 70 to 68. Ooh. Yeah. I think it's going to be a wire game. I don't even know what the spread is yet, but I think UNLV will keep it going. And free throws will drive us nuts at the end. We will hit enough to win, but we'll miss some that could have put the game away. Who, who do we want to, to go to the free throw line at the end of the game? Javon? No. Well, one of your guards, one of the two guards, those are the only two you really want to go to the line if you want to know the truth. I mean, I'm comfortable with either one of them shooting free throws. The rest of the team, not quite as much. Not nearly as much. Clyburn? No. Houston? No. McCoy? No. Put our <laughs> guards at the line when the game's on the line. But, and they're seniors, so I expect them uh, to be able to step up and make the, the proper play. Right. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Joe broke out his synthesizer tonight. More cowbell, please. <laughs>